welcome to Dental Brain Crops. This is going to be such an exciting evening or morning wherever you are. Um, I'm your host, Chelsea Myers, and today we are going to be talking to a Navy commander, beauty queen, author, speaker. She's just getting started. Let me tell you, I'm so excited for you to be here. Welcome to the show, Corinne. Thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. It's truly an honor to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I any one of these major accomplishments would be something to celebrate, and you've done so many things. I'd love to get into all of them, but just tell me a little bit of background. Um, have you always known that you were going to be in the military, or how did that start? Gosh, if you told my eight-year-old self that I would sign up and do the job of my father, I would have told you you were crazy. <laughs> I was born and raised in a Navy uh, family, so my father was a Navy dentist for 20 years, and we, my family goes all the way back to the Revolutionary War. So I never dreamed as a kid growing up in military bases that one day I would raise my right hand, say the same oath, and do the same job and deploy to the same place as my dad would go. But, you know, life has a funny way of surprising you, and... For me, really what kind of started that, that that journey was when I got into dental school. I'm not sure if most of your audience knows, but you know, the cost of education just keeps getting more and more and more. And the great thing about the Army, the Air Force, they give a fantastic scholarship, which I'm happy to connect with anyone in your audience who wants to learn more, because I've actually been someone who interviews for people for that scholarship, set on boards that select people for this scholarship, and it pays it for 100%. So you can go to the most expensive dental school, medical school, pharmacy school, optometry school in the country, you get that scholarship for the United States, Navy, Army, Air Force, and you are set. You just yeah. get the years of service back. And that's what initially got me into the United States Navy. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about that. What is it like being in the Navy? Um, it definitely comes with its challenges, and I'm just going to put this disclaimer out there. You know, these are my views, not the Department of Defense. Sure. I, I would tell you that, you know, being in the military is a venture. Mm -hmm. The moment that you get comfortable, then all of a sudden something comes into your life that makes it very uncomfortable. And along the way, you're going to have opportunities that may not look as opportunities. They may look as obstacles, or they may look at something that you really don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And I, I've learned to go after them. I learned to say yes to the scary things, the uncomfortable things, the things that have put me in downright tears and made me so anxious. And then after doing it, realizing like, oh my gosh, when can I do that again? When can I sign up? So like, for example, going on deployment with the Marines in Iraq, like I raised my right hand to do it. I volunteered to do that. And before I went, I definitely had a breakdown and cried because I was putting myself into a country, walking on uncharted minefields with the military to go there and to be the dentist that gets any of the soldiers or sailors or civilians that are out of pain. And um, I'm so glad I did it. In fact, I now as a commander want to deploy and they won't let me because I'm too senior <laughs> and I'm too specialized. Like my boss just looks at me, he's like, no, we can't let you go. You're like, you're one of one. And I'm like, but yeah, but what, that's why we joined. And so um, that's what I really tell people is, is take advantage of those things. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian woman. I believe that God puts people in right for a reason and puts, puts us in places for a reason. And even being in a country, I'm hailing from Japan. And if your audience doesn't know, we still are in a bit of a lockdown here. We still have to quarantine. We, my family it's very hard for them to come visit me right now. They have to have a visa that just opened up for even that possibility. And that's only my parents, my brother, and that's it. That could even possibly visit me. So, um, you know, but being in a beautiful country, I get to do things and enjoy things without a bunch of tourism here. So, you know, I, I look at it that and, and during my time, I got to write a book. So, you know, I look at it as, gosh, I have all this time to do things I never thought I had time to do. And now I do. 
what can I do? So um, that's that's how I kind of looked at my time in the military. Each tour is a season, a season to kind of focus on something new and something to challenge me. And yes, have I been challenged <laughs> many, many ways. Well, well, first of all, thank you so much for what you're doing. I really respect, admire, and appreciate that. Um, my question would to you on that would be, so you're talking a lot about going through hard things and getting your mind right. Is that something that you feel like you just naturally had your whole life? Is that something you are trained with when you're there? Is that something you've developed on your own? What does your personal development journey look like? I would tell you it started at a young age, growing up in a military home, not knowing when my parents would deploy. So the last deployment I remember my father, where he was gone, was when I was eight years old. And he went to Operation Desert Storm. And I remember coming home and my mom was crying. It was my first day of school. I remember it so well. And she said, your dad left. And we don't know. And I don't know when he's coming back. And so it was learning how to be resilient how to lean on a community. I remember we were stationed at Kaneohe Bay Marine Base in Hawaii and having other kids there where their their moms or dads were away and learning how you could find solitude and strength in others and open up to others. So I have, that was my favorite duty station growing up as a child. I mean, yes, Hawaii is beautiful, let's be honest, but just the fact that we were on a base with so many other people who knew exactly what you were going through were in the exact same shoes. And so that would be, where I would say my personal development journey started. And then throughout school, it was just being really strong, not letting someone tell me what my own limitations were mm-hmm. and thinking like, why am I letting someone else dictate my own limits in my life? Like, why do I have to live with their stereotype? Like, because very often I realized that sometimes people put those on you were people who fail to meet their own goals and their own expectations. And, and, and that's not something that's easily done. That was I mean, I got a lot of pushing from my parents telling me to learn how to be very, very self-sufficient and very resilient and also moving every three, four years. My entire life, I've never been in a place for more than four years. I may be gone back to the same places, but we've always had to move so quickly. And I really started investing with coaches and utilizing people um, to find different areas of my life where I could improve in my 20s, with whether it was for pageantry versus life, relationships. Even my book I did, I used to coach. And that's where I'm at now because to me, personal development is huge. We need people to put mirrors in front of us that our family and friends won't do. We need people to give us perspectives and to let us know that what we may think is right is not, is really not, you know, or what we could have done five or 10 years ago really needs to change. We need to evolve. And I'm even learning that as a leader. Like I had a few wake up calls myself in this past month of things that I did where my intentions were well met but they were perceived differently. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'll be honest, there was times I felt like I was hanging on a thread and it was having good friends listen and just sit and level with me. Like, I know where you're coming from and I know your heart's in the right place, but you can't say that or you can't mean it or you've got to now think of it from this point of view. And it's, it's really hard. I'm a very helpful person. I'm a very kind person, very generous person, but sometimes people can misdrew that. And working with very different age groups. Like the population I work with, I treat children uh, as young as five Mm -hmm. and I treat adults all the way to their sixties. And then the people that I work with on my team, I'm in a dental company of 17 officers and I'm not, I'm not at the top. I have a boss who's above me. He's the officer in charge. I'm one of the department heads, but I'm in charge of five different specialties. I'm in charge of their personnel, which you've got your generation G, you got your millennials, you got your baby boomers. And learning how to talk and be an effective leader means I have to change more often than expecting my people to change. And that is tough, but it's learning to pivot. It's learning to be open to criticism. Um, 
one of the words I would tell your audience that I have used because I find it's a really great word and it doesn't people put people on the defense is I always as awareness because mm-hmm. when someone comes at you with something that you feel is ridiculous because we've all been there like I can't believe like you're really coming out with me or <laughs> from COVID. there's World War Three about Freddie to break in Ukraine and you're really coming to me because she didn't like how this person used a word this mm-hmm. one word and it's like I always feel like gosh I didn't have an awareness that was happening you know what I mean because I've learned as a leader if you go on the defense or the person you're trying to counsel goes on the fence you, you got to be open. You have to be open. And it's so, so hard. So in order to juggle that, I have learned I have to do something for myself every day first. And for me, it's working out. I wake up at 4 a.m. I know that's crazy early. Whoa. <laughs> I wake up at 4 a.m. This morning, I woke up at 6. This was me sleeping in this morning. I wanted to get a workout in. Good for but you. I tell, I tell people, like, for me, you know, if it's meditation, if it's writing, if it's working out, whatever it is, have your day start with something that is going to give you self-care. Self-care is not selfish because if you're doing something where you're putting your mind and your body in a good place, then whatever comes out you that day, you are going to be able to handle. I, I can't tell you how many times I go into work and I have other colleagues who are already like angst. Mm-hmm. And I realize that I'm on my endorphin high. I had an awesome bike ride. I had an awesome like, you know, weight building workout, you know, whatever it was, I did something even was for 20 minutes because it puts my mind and my body in the right place. And I know no matter how my day gets hijacked, guess what? I did something that made me feel good. I got that box checked. And anything else, I just kind of like, okay, listen, we got this. Everything's figure outable. And I would tell your audience that because let's be honest, there has been days, even this past week, I, I'm losing half my staff in another week. And there's days I've gone where I've had no one helping me. And I'm setting up, cleaning down my room, getting out there and grabbing the patient, scheduling the patient. And I just can't answer the phone. And my boss knows it, it, it is what it is because we, you know, I'm overseas. So it, it's hard for us to hire people. And we have a lot of rules in the military we have to go with. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> I hope I'm answering your question. No, no, I'm 100% with you. What I love about starting your day off with a routine that is focused on self-care is you're really setting your mind filters. And so when I know I'm going to do something and I get up and actually follow through with that, I'm starting out winning you know, and I'm already in that mode. And I feel like it generates the right type of fuel for me to do the next thing that I need or want to do in my day. I love, I think that's fantastic. Um, you mentioned your book. Have you always been a writer or is this something that was new for you? I have always wanted to publish an article or something that I've written, but take it to the next level. And for me, I wrote a story when I was a little girl called The Strawberry King, which I hope to actually turn into a children's book. Cute. And I, um, I've written different things, but then as I got into college and dental school and fellowship and residency, uh-huh. I did not have the time to write anymore. I was more reading the books that I was forced to read <laughs> than always the fun to read. Yeah. And then on deployment, I fell in love with reading again. And really what kind of got me back into writing was I was looking to publish my research. I was struggling to find a mentor. I was trying to figure out kind of which direction to go. And I started getting into speaking. And as I got into speaking and sharing my story and sharing different aspects of, you know, similar to what we are discussing today, I had a lot of people tell me, you need to write down your story. You need to write down your story. But I never felt like I had the time. I'll be honest. I never felt like I had the time to do so. I didn't know where to start. I mean, writing a book is like starting, is like training for a marathon. I mean, it is overwhelming. And if anyone wants to do it, I'm happy to share like who I used and how to go about it. I mean, just from even simply how to write about. And then when I was in Italy um, during the pandemic, uh, two of the officers that I met there 
were actually in the process of writing a book. And they told me writing is like a muscle. It's no different than you going to the gym and working out your quads, your biceps, your back. Like it's just something doing, just do it for 15 minutes a day. And so that's when I started doing it and feeling like it wasn't so overwhelming, such a daunting thing to do. And then as the pandemic hit, for me, it was a place for me to find solitude and peace because I lived off base. Every time I left my house, I would get pulled over by the Polizia, the Italian Cabernet, and have to explain in Italian why I was outside my house. And I just felt like I was in a place where my friend in the United States hadn't been hit quite yet, that I needed a place to kind of um, not, you know, I mean, let, not let the outside world consume my thoughts or my mindset. And so that's, that's where it started. But yes, two years in the making for a book. It's, it's definitely not an easy feat. Um, and there's the publishing world has changed so much than what it used to be. So it's um, that that's kind of what got me to where I am today being a published author. That is so exciting. I'm so excited about it and uh, can't wait to read it myself. I'll definitely put um, your link down in the show notes. Tell me, what is the book about? So is this about your from the things we're talking about today from childhood on through or what is it about? Um, absolutely. So we're sharing some of the details today. It's about my life from growing up in the military to drinking the Kool-Aid to becoming an able officer and then how becoming an orthodontist and getting the pageantry kind of came through different facets. And with each chapter in the book um, of my life, it starts with a timeline. So it kind of gives you just an easy way just to kind of know what you're reading about, you know, and then at the very end, I get advice. Mm -hmm. um, things that I learned, things that I wish I knew, um, things that now like that have kind of helped pivot to where I am today. And, you know, I think it's very easy, especially now for people to look at someone um, like me or someone similar to me. And they're like, okay, that girl or that, that guy or that man is so accomplished. Like, it just seems like things were handed on a silver platter. And what they don't see is the late nights, the sleep deprivation, mm -hmm. the struggles, <laughs> the injuries, the people telling you, no, you can't do this along the way. And, and I share some of that in my book and different various stories of just being, being a dentist in the Navy and being told they didn't want me to treat them because I was a female versus a male. I mean, things like that, that I've encountered. Um, and I wanted to be able to share it because I have a lot of friends who are in the military who go through these struggles and it's hard for them to share. They don't feel like they're in a place to share where I was. And I also went through the process of getting the book approved by the Department of Defense. So anytime, you know, you'll see a lot of people publish books when they leave the military, but not very many people publish books while they're still active duty. Because doing this, I put a big magnifying glass over me. I'm not going to lie. Like there, I am having various people look at this mm -hmm. and what I did to make sure I was protected is I let my chain of command know I was doing it. And I also used the department of defense. They have a pre-publication and security review. It took three months for my book to go through their processing and approved. So again, that's where they go line by line. And that's also me going through and asking every single person who I was going to put in my book and my story, can I put your name in my book? Right. Can I put these details in your book? And I know I'm not releasing top secrets, but I still have to go through all that. And it's, it's, it's a lot. It, okay. it definitely is. But I would just, you know, if, if it's something you want bad enough, you're going to find a way to make it happen. And that's, that's what I did. Wow. Well, that is so great. I'm so, I really am. I'm just so excited to read it. It's so clear that you just have a real um, desire and passion for helping people. And I actually also read that you do some work with young ladies. Is that right? I do. So um, before the pandemic, I did a lot of speaking and I also was part of an organization called Junior Elite back in the States where we grow civic leaders. So you're working okay. with women of all ages. And then in turn, you're also helping out transitional age foster youth. You're helping other nonprofits. 
So I definitely hope to join it when I go back to the United States. We don't have a chapter here in Japan or in Italy. Um, but I, in Japan, we haven't been able to do the same outreach. So again, I serve as a mentor to a lot of other um, naval officers, a lot of enlisted that I work with. You know, I always tell people my door is always open. I'm a sounding board. I'd love to do some, some more here with the host nation country. We're just, um, they haven't, things just haven't been opening up for us to do it. So I, I hope to get back into that because to me, that's one of the best parts about being American overseas is showing others that we are willing to do things out of the kindness of our heart with no expectation in return. I love that because you've talked, you talked earlier about the importance of just having a support system and a network around you to help you and guide you and coach you and mentor you. And I love that you're also willing to be that person. Um, not just hoard the, <laughs> hoard the strength and knowledge, but actually share and give back to other people. That's so great. Thank you so much for that. Um, talk to me about being a beauty queen. Now, is this something that you also grew up doing or how did this come about? Oh gosh. Yeah. There's no way my father would ever, <laughs> ever let me do any of this. Okay. I'll be honest. My parents were not very supportive of this okay. until I won maybe Miss United States. And uh -huh. once I won like a huge national title, they're like, Oh, like, I guess this is kind of a thing. And so it took a while to get around. They were not sort of it. I got into this as a complete dare in dental school. Some jerk in my class um, was paying attention to a conversation I had with one of my dental school classmates, uh -huh. and she was talking about the Miss USA pageant. I went to dental school in Las Vegas, and the Miss USA pageant typically had their national pageant there. And she's like, hey, the second round was a dental student from North Carolina. Corinne, you should enter this. And before I had a chance or he just butted in, was like, oh, Craig can never do that. And I was <laughs> oh. like, all right, watch me. Uh -huh. And so my first year competing for Miss Nevada, I got first runner up. I had no clue what I was doing. I wore the wrong colors on stage. I didn't know you needed to like hire an entourage of people or do all this training. And um, three years later, I won Miss Nevada. And then I entered the Navy. And I was like, oh, okay, let me go tell my boss, by the way, um, I just came in, but can I leave for another week to go compete in this big pageant? And I was really lucky. My um, my boss at the time was supportive of it because he could see beyond of just a crown and a girl and a dress on the stage. He could see the skills of public speaking, of being confident, of articulating, knowing how to answer eloquently, being put on the spot. Mm -hmm. And from that, my journey just started. And I, I am so grateful. The women I've met in pageantry, the, the service, the tradition, the camaraderie is comparable to what I have in the military. And wow. I really hope to compete, compete again. I, the last title I had was um, International Miz. I gave that up in September of last year or, um, because of the pandemic things that got moved. And with that that pageant, it was more about you know entrepreneurship and we got a grant. And with my grant, I was able to fund a coach, a speaking coach who helped me do my first live public speaking, a dream come true for the American Association of Orthodontists. In general, wow. I was their main speaker, their longest speaker they had on stage. And because of that, now I'm getting other opportunities to speak. And so to me, I hope to be on TED, one of the TED Talk stages one day when you know things are fully open and I'm able to travel. And it's just funny how different areas of my life interweaved and allowed me opportunities to get into something else. And that's what I would tell your audience is, you never know. You may be one decision away or one step away of getting closer to something that you never thought was possible. And it's just, it's about finding the right people to get you there. And it's hard. It is it's definitely hard. I mean, I will tell you, I had to fire a website developer a couple weeks ago <laughs> and build it on my own with another friend because mm -hmm. things were just getting met. And so it's not to say I didn't get to where I'm at with not having you know, stumbling or working with someone that was just, where we just not a good fit or 
our views and our mission, our uh, vision did not align. And, and sometimes it comes at a cost of some money or time or energy, and, and it means you have to scramble. But you know that that's life, unfortunately. Yes, yes, it is. So what what's next for you, Corinne? <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's next for me is I'm really looking forward to going to my um, the annual session, the first large um, American Association live conference in two years, the big one in Miami. So that's what, that's initially what's on front. Um, for me, I'm hoping to release my book in paperback. Coming mm-hmm. soon, we're, we're getting out the kinks worked out for that. And then also I um, hope to compete again. So there is a military competition that I am looking to compete in. They only select 20 women to do that. That's October. So I do the prelims in June and then I find out July 2nd if I got in and we'll see. I, I really see the beauty of doing these things where they push you outside your comfort zone because you learn all these skills along the way. So that's an immediate, um, I would say in the next year, I hope to make captain in the Navy. I would be so grateful and so honored to have the next rank because there's jobs in the Navy I want to do and I can't do them without that rank. And one of them is to be, a mentor and uh, the the Navy, which means you're in charge of the whole dental for, um, career core plan, which means you are helping people guide them on their path and the courses and the avenues they can take because I'm so grateful for my mentors and they're all retiring right now, which is really, really hard. So I, I want to be able to pass it on. I want to believe in people when and, and be that person that says yes when they have people telling no because we, we need people to believe in us, even when we have a hard time believing ourselves. And you just need that one person to say yes. And I feel like that's going to give you like the spark, the energy to kind of go on that path that you've always wanted to do. Thank you. That is so beautifully said and so inspiring. I really appreciate you sharing and I appreciate your spirit about the whole thing. Um, Is there anything else you want to share before we close out this evening? I would just uh, tell people, you know, I just want to say thank you for everyone who has purchased the book, who has left a review on Amazon. Um, I released it this week, and I am just so humbled by hitting some bestseller list. I hit 10 categories of bestseller for it and and hot new releases, so thank you to everyone for that. And if anyone has any questions about anything we discussed, you know, feel free to reach out to me on socials. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Dr. Corinne Devin, that's D-R-C-O-R-I-N-N-E-D-E-V-I-N or on YouTube or LinkedIn. And, you know, feel free to reach out because even if I don't know the answer, I'm a really good networker in helping get people connected and find an answer. And um, I hope today gave you just a bit of sunshine you needed to let you know everything was going to be okay. I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools, as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire.